0: If you focus at all on sustainability, then you already know that the three pillars of sustainability are economic, environmental, and social, less formally referred to as people, planet, and profits. But in order for any of this to be feasible, for any of us to have a sustainable future, we are going to have to work together. Yet we have forgotten how to do this. We have actually lost a lot of our social skills and even forgotten how to be effective leaders. But all we really have to do is to look at the animal kingdom in order to learn some important lessons on sustainability and sustainable leadership. And that is the focus of this episode, Sustainable Leadership Lessons We Can Learn From Animals. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back everyone to the Adventures in Sustainable Living Podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is Episode 98, which is called Sustainable Leadership Lessons That We Can Learn From Animals. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that if you would like to contact me with questions, comments, or even suggestions on topics of interest, please feel free to send me a message at adventures in sustainable living at gmail.com. once again, that is adventures in sustainable living at gmail.com. So let's get down to this week's topic of sustainable leadership lessons that we can learn from animals. And there are several things I want to look at it in this session. First of all, what's it going to take in order for humanity to have a sustainable future. And what I want to talk about here is just general terms and sort of a high overview. My second thing is why have we lost the skills in order to accomplish this? The third thing I want to address is how can we learn some important lessons from the animal kingdom? And finally, how are we going to actually put all of this together? Now, as you have likely heard me discuss before, the three pillars of sustainability are people, planet, and profits. But considering our present predicament, I think we can all agree that the planet would be just fine without people, and the environment would be just fine without people. But the opposite is far from the truth. People will not be okay without the environment or the planet. Without people, an economy would certainly not exist and no one would ever be making a profit. So in order for all of this to work, we actually are going to have to work together as both a local community and a global community. But this also means we are going to have to change some of our behaviors and maybe even some of our basic instincts. So, For example, greed may have been a desirable trade in early human history, but we now have economic and social systems that encourage and promote runaway greed. Big oil and pharmaceutical companies are a perfect example. They control politicians who then pass legislation to allow tax evasion and enormous corporate profits. The banking and insurance industries make insane profits from the fees that they charge. Then if anything goes wrong, they simply discontinue their services. Rampant greed only furthers the destruction of the natural world that we all depend on for our very survival. Revenge is another example and obviously it was to our advantage early in our history, and in fact this is a perfectly normal part of human behavior. But revenge makes absolutely no sense whatsoever when you have your finger on a nuclear launch command button which results in the destruction of the entire planet. Our tribal loyalty which runs so strong in our our social culture, and even in our in an entire global community makes no sense when we find it perfectly acceptable to dismiss our moral values and basic honesty just in order to hurt the other tribe. Because we are all born into a given skin color, nationality, language, and culture simply by accident of birth, yet this so often has profound effects on our lives. And is almost inescapable. And in fact such things often determine which side you'll be on in the next war. Now we live in a world with borders that are carefully guarded with guns and military weaponry. One of our other instincts that we have is denial. Now it may help us in the short term as we psychologically adjust to unexpected trauma, disaster, or loss. But it makes no sense whatsoever to deny the changes that are occurring in our world almost every day. Because an apathetic approach only ensures our ultimate demise. And finally, and I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds here, but our desire to constantly reproduce and expand our population is only going to ensure that there are fewer and fewer resources to go around, and at our present rate, widespread human misery is almost inevitable. Because we are truly at a point where we must make a choice between quantity and quality. But one thing is almost absolutely certain, any attempt to control human behavior is going to be met with considerable resistance. And this became quite obvious during the pandemic when I saw so many people becoming increasingly angry over being denied something they thought they were entitled to. But we have to accept the fact that we can no longer throw money and technology at our global problems and expect to produce any sort of lasting results. Because underlying it all and underneath it all We have to control and change the underlying behavior and instincts that got us here in the first place. We have to get rid of the institutionalized greed that pushes an economy to constantly grow because that is simply not sustainable. But just look at where we are right now. Now I'm not really a politically oriented person but I dare say in recent years at least in the United States, that we have had some of the worst national leadership that we have seen in decades. And it is not just that. Take a look at where we are on a personal level. We have truly completely forgotten how to communicate. We rely on social media platforms and 75% of family members text each other while they're even in the same household. People increasingly think that it is okay to resort to violence as a means of solving simple conflicts. But does this happen because all of our communication is so depersonalized that it becomes easy to look at the next person as a paper cutout instead of a real human being? We are losing our ability to effectively communicate face-to-face, we've forgotten how to listen to others, we have forgotten how to be humble, and we have forgotten how to make eye-to-eye contact. Our digital world has had a profound effect on our lives and a lot of that has actually been very positive. But it has to be coupled with face-to-face contact with people because otherwise, We are all just a bunch of paper cutouts and we have to remember that you simply cannot underestimate the power of a good conversation and a conversation that is face to face and eye to eye. But What this truly means is that we have lost many of the important skills that are necessary for us to develop a sustainable future. It shouldn't be any big surprise that we don't even any longer have an idea of where to start. But I think if we indeed are going to salvage people, planet, and profits, then we have some important lessons to learn, or relearn, if you will. But you know, despite all the bad things that you hear in the news these days, our future on this planet has not yet been decided. But we have a hard road ahead of us. We are past the point of being able to make simple decisions in order to alter our future. We are going to have to make substantial changes to how and where we live, what we eat, how we travel, how much we travel, how much water we use, perhaps even what leisure activities we engage in. But yet, how is this going to happen? Because people in general seem to be very resistant to change and an entire culture makes, may take several generations to change, possibly much longer, but one thing is certain, we cannot wait several generations in order to change our lifestyles. And one thing is obvious from my observations during the height of the pandemic. Is that when you change, when changes are forced on people and they are denied what they are accustomed to having in their life, people tend to get really angry. But then what's the answer? Changes are going to have to take place in order to ensure a happy, healthy, sustainable future. And I think the answer that we need is strong leadership. We have to once again learn to be good leaders. This means on an individual level, a community level, and a national level. And one of the most vital things we need in order to build and nurture a sustainable future is strong, direct, effective leadership. And this is needed in order to make the necessary changes required to develop a more sustainable society. So that being said, what are the traits that a good leader possesses? I think first of all, people become strong leaders through hard work, commitment, and experience. And some people are natural leaders while others seem to grow into that role. Really good effective leaders tend to influence, constantly offer guidance, and are always communicating with those that are following them. And good leaders are also responsible for the safety of those that follow them. But the best part is that we really don't have to look very far or look very hard to find examples of great leadership and teamwork because all we have to do is to look at the animal kingdom. So what I want to do here is give several examples of leadership and teamwork in, animal, in the animal kingdom and simply compare that to how people tend to do things. But there is one you know at the outset there is one big difference between animals and people and animals tend to have a very black-and-white understanding of leadership and once a leadership has earned that position they're typically there until they die And the remainder of the pack or the herd tend to follow without question because this is often what's needed for their survival. And at least these days, this is something we rarely see in human social networks. But nonetheless, let's look at a few examples of leadership and social organization in the animal world as good examples of perhaps what we as humans should be doing. Now, my first example is the very simple lowly little ant. Now, you wouldn't think that we could learn anything about sustainability from ants, but we can actually learn a lot. Because for example, ants don't seem to really be intimidated by the size of their workload, and because if you've ever watched them, they're incredibly strong and can carry something that's many times their own body weight. And answer obviously well organized and work as a team in order to accomplish some really incredible things. Now, what can we learn from this as humans? You know, as I said before, our future on this planet has not yet been decided. Yet, in order to make sure that is a positive and healthy future for all, we do have some hard work to do and some difficult choices to make. But many people are intimidated by what needs to happen and most of us tend to live in denial. So we are intimidated by the size of our workload and as humans we also tend to be highly disorganized. And in many ways we can no longer truly work as a team. Yet these are the things that are vital for us to secure a sustainable future. My next example are wolf packs. Wolves actually have a highly organized and sometimes complicated social structure, but this social organization is key to the survival in the very tough environments that they deal with, and obviously the pack has to work together and good communication is key. And additionally, members of the pack have to respect the system and the social order because this is a key to their survival. Now obviously humans We have a highly organized and complicated social structure, however in my opinion there are so many layers of government it becomes overwhelming and confusing and it is often difficult to tell who is actually in charge and if we are actually accomplishing anything. And not only that, many people in positions of authority often have their own agenda and are highly influenced by personal, business, and financial connections. And again, I am not really a strongly politically oriented person, but I do have to say it seems rare these days that we actually see a government that is truly for the people and by the people. Yet this is so much of what we need in order to secure a sustainable future. Now let's talk for a minute about a very large animal that is very intelligent and highly organized, and that is the elephants. Because these creatures are well known for their intelligence, their problem-solving skills, their patience, and their compassion. The alpha female tends to lead the herd, and elephants have a fantastic long-term memory, which helps for locating water and food sources. The alpha female keeps ties with other members of the herd and communication is vital, and all of these traits are essential for the survival of the herd. Now if only humanity as a whole had the compassion that is inherent in the elephant, because if this were true, we would always respect the needs of our neighbors, friends, other cultures and other nations. It would alleviate many of the conflicts that are so common in human culture. Yet the resolution of these conflicts are what is needed in order for us to work together as a global community. Now, My last example here is bees. The queen bee lays eggs and protects them, which ensures the survival of the colony. Authority and workload in a beehive is actually decentralized. The queen bee delegates authority to leaders of smaller groups. And these smaller groups of worker bees focus on only one given task. And this organization leads to a highly effective hive. Now imagine what would happen if, in our society if we did the same thing. Imagine what would happen if we had a strong central leader, such as our president that delegated authority to smaller groups, such as governors of states. And what if each state was tasked with one responsibility, one goal, one important piece of the puzzle to ensure as a nation we develop energy independence, expansion of renewable energy, developed alternative food sources, a national plan for water usage. And in each state, Very specific industries were developed to accomplish their given task, which, of course, guaranteed employment. Then under such an organized system, we would have 50 states working on 50 vital pieces of the puzzle to ensure a sustainable future. And imagine what we could accomplish as a nation under such a system, and in my opinion, if a simple creature such as a bee can accomplish that, then why is it that we cannot do the same thing? Now, in the big picture here, there are many other examples that I could give. If you look at the social structure of herds of horses, or lion prides, or geese, giraffes, baboons, and chimpanzees, you will see similar examples of a highly organized and cooperative social structure that ensures survival of the group. And not only that, if someone steps out of line, oftentimes the consequences are rather severe. Now, The thing that I like most about the animal kingdom is that they keep things rather simple. There is strong leadership with very simple rules. They don't seem to be worried about wars, famines, globalization, the price of gasoline, or building walls in order to protect their territory. They simply focus on the basics of survival. Yet as humans, I wonder if we will ever be able to set aside our greed so that we can manage and equally distribute our vital natural resources so that everyone has a guaranteed quality of life. Will we be able to set aside our need for revenge when it makes no sense whatsoever because it brings us to the brink of the destruction of humanity. Will we be able to forget about our tribal loyalty when such loyalties justify dismissal of our moral values and basic honesty just in order to hurt the other tribe? Will we stop living in denial that we are headed for a very grim future if we do not change our ways? And finally, are we actually willing to accept the fact That as a race, if we continue our rate of population growth, we are only going to ensure widespread human misery. So often, we easily forget that what we need for our continued survival is directly connected to the natural world. And yet, we continue to squander our resources. Because I truly believe that despite all the bad news about climate change that we hear Almost daily, we are not yet at a point of no return. However, we are at a point where there are no easy answers. Throwing money and technology at our problems is not going to produce any lasting change. Because what we need, and how we're going to bring this all together, is we need a highly organized, focused social structure with strong leadership that is so often seen in the animal kingdom. And much like the ants, we cannot be intimidated by the work ahead of us. We must work together with lots of good communication, much like a pack of wolves. Yet in our quest for a sustainable future, we must also keep the compassion of the elephant if we are going to resolve conflicts, respect the needs of our neighbors, friends, other cultures, and other nations. And because we have an enormous amount of work ahead of us, we have to delegate and be highly organized, similar to the bees. So as you can see, there are actually a lot of leadership skills that we can take from the animal kingdom and use to our advantage. Because truly it is going to take some very strong, positive, compassionate leadership and global cooperation in order to change our future to something that is sustainable, fair, equitable, and that balances the need of every nation and every global citizen. Because at any rate, we do have a long way to go and a lot to accomplish that is going to require some strong leadership and mutual cooperation. And the closest place we can look to learn some of those valuable skills is look to our friends in the animal kingdom. Now I want to end up and wrap up this episode with with a quote from Alexander the Great. He said, remember upon the conduct of each depends the fate of all. And this is so true when you think about the one basic concept of sustainability is what kind of future we are leaving the next generation. And that future is dependent on each and every one of us. And the simple fact is that each and every one of us has the ability to be a strong leader in our community. And remember, we should never underestimate the power of a small group of committed citizens. So well folks, that is it for this week. I truly hope that you have enjoyed this episode, and if so, then please take the time to leave me with a review, and also take the time to subscribe to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast, as well as my companion blog, Off-Grid Living News. Well, that is it for now, folks. I will see you all next week, and for now, this is your host, Patrick, signing off. Always remember to live sustainably, because this is how we build a better future.